Welcome to the Life in Deep Ellen podcast, exploring the sacred in art, faith, and community. Oh, good morning, y'all. So, these are not the old school uh, music stands that I had in band class where you had to like push down with your foot and like pull up. There's like a knob so sophisticated. Um, So it's been a a while since I've been with you all preaching and even last week, this week. How many of y'all re-listened to the podcast from from last week? I had to listen to the podcast. We, given the numbers on the podcast, a few folks have listened to the podcast because I was with the kids in the art gallery last week, so I did not get to experience Josh's sermon with you, but I listened to it at least three times this week. Um, I had, a, I was supposed to be listening to it so I could know where we are <laughs> in the series, and I got caught up a couple times and like hallelujahed and amen a little too much to know, like, oh, I'm supposed to be listening for a specific... <laughs> specific nuggets to like connect this series. So I had to listen to it three times. Um, I hear that's scriptural, that number. So, you know, maybe it was, maybe it was all in good. It was all good. But last week, Lee and I were both in the gallery um, with our kids. Um, They had some amazing insights about the installation that's in there right now. Um, Walk through there with them. If you have a kid or someone will let you borrow one of our kids and have them take you through the gallery, they are amazing docents. And then this week, Lee and I get to be back in here with you, and Lee is doing amazing painting over there, which is, this is, she's letting us into what she does in her own sacred time. This is something that Lee does. She prays and she worships and she'll just start painting. Um, And so we get to participate in that. We have been invited into that. Um, And so I am excited for us to be living into not just our core value of faith, but then being able to share what that value of faith bubbles up in all of us. We see it often in our, in our worship team, who many of them are musicians um, as a part of um, their, the other parts of their life, and they share that with us. Um, and so um, I'm excited to see um, and experience the art that also bubbles up out of our faith um, happening right before our eyes. And so we need some art this week. This is been a hectic week. It's been a week where though in Advent, the focus this week is on love. I mean, I kind of felt like, you know, y'all know that song. There's at least three different versions of it across different generations. Like, where is the love? This week with so much of the things in the news and so many of the things of us trying to protect our families and ourselves and our communities from this idea of like, where is the love? Luckily, we're doing our final character study of the year, and we're focusing on Joseph and the, uh, the question of what would Joseph do? And this week, Joseph would love. <laughs> and if there was anybody who would question, where is the love? How do I love in this situation? It would be Joseph. And so last week, Josh helped us understand that Joseph char- Joseph's character makes him an example of faith for us as Christians. 
Josh focused on Joseph's faithfulness, and that gives us hope that whether we have a high Christology or a low Christology, that the Advent season, that the Christmas season is for us. Whether you believe the full context of this story, that there was a divine man that lived in this earth and performed miracles and did all of these things, whether you believe every single word and its implications, or whether you're like, I want to believe in a Jesus, but I have questions. This idea of where you place Jesus within your own heart, within your own faith, guess what? Christmas evens that out. Jesus isn't here yet. Josh's sermon really helps us in its focus on faithfulness, figure out how we can get through difficult times. By focusing on the fear and the doubt that Joseph must have experienced, the truth that's intertwined within the nativity story as a Jewish community and as a Jewish man, as a man of integrity and strength, Joseph grapples with the idea of a coming Messiah. So if Jesus isn't here, and in the story of Joseph's faithfulness and doubt, who the heck does he cry for? There's not an old Dios mio. There's not a Jesus help me. There's not a Jesus take the wheel, which is my favorite one. The angels are typically tired of my shenanigans. I have to call to directly on Jesus. There are no guardian angels usually to help me. So who would Joseph have cried out for? Who would those who are trying to impart wisdom to him as he tries to figure out what to do with his betrothed, who would they have pleaded to to get him to hear their advice? We've all prayed for our friends. We've all prayed for our children or someone else's children. We've all prayed for our spouses, for our partners, for ourselves to finally get it. For God to help us, who would they have cried out to? They would have cried out to God. So though faith gets Joseph through this season of doubt and questions, who or what rather carries Joseph in this season? Because as the kids let us know, we'd really just like to open the presents today. Jesus, come now. (laughs) But that's not really how the Advent season works. So today for our scriptural references, we'll find ourselves in Genesis, the first chapter, and in Matthew, the first chapter. If you'd like to pull either of those up on your devices or to grab a Bible to reference those Um, that's where we'll spend some, you might want to look back to those. I won't read specifically, like, let's stop and read it, but you'll see it interspersed. You'll hear those scriptures interspersed. So if you want, sometimes I know I want to look back at the words. Um, You can grab a Bible, raise your hand, or um, go towards the double doors, and Hank can, can help you with that. And so... In the book of John, God lets us know, or John lets us know that God is love. So it's like, well, you know, how do we get to 
you know, love in Advent season? Like how do you, like faithfulness, it makes sense. We're waiting. Joy, it makes sense. But how do we get to love? So at the beginning of the biblical story, when we're first introduced to God through creation, the making of something from what we know as nothing, in the beginning, God made heaven and earth. At first it was empty and dark, but God gathered up the light and called it day. And then God gathered up the darkness and called it night. And God was watching over everything. Ooh, that's creepy. Not as creepy as Santa watching over everything because God, like that's kind of God's job. Like how did Santa, anyway. Anyway. So getting Joseph through this season, if God is watching everything, Joseph being faithful, Joseph calling out to God makes sense. So who carries Joseph in the season? Well, we know that it's God because in Genesis, God was there. God was watching over everything. And then later in the New Testament, we have the privilege of knowing that John says God is there and has been there from the beginning. And so we know that it's God. We also know that it was God because in Matthew, in chapter one, an angel comes. And according to the Old Testament, God has charge over the angels, right? So if an angel comes to Joseph to say, don't fear, then we know that God has sent the angel. So what would Joseph do? God sends, he cries out to God. God sends an angel. Don't fear. Don't cast away Mary. What does Joseph do? Joseph loves. But as Josh helps us understand, if you read the text in the scripture, the doubts and the fears were directed towards Mary. So... He doesn't necessarily love Mary. Jesus isn't here yet. So, who does Joseph love? Anybody? Take a guess. God. How does Joseph love God? Joseph loves God even in bewilderment. Joseph doesn't know what the heck is going on. There is like, forget high Christology or low Christology. Like Joseph's community, Joseph's Jewish tradition had not given him a context to understand that your girlfriend, your wife is actually potentially, like any Jewish man who gets married, potentially it might be your wife. His... (laughs) His traditions had not given him that context to be like, oh, it's possible. Otherwise, there would not have been a pattern of men being able to put away their betrothed because all of them would have been like, nope, I'm gonna keep her, it might be Jesus. I might be the one. If you think the disciples would ask, who is Jesus's beloved? If you, if this had been a possibility in your mind, as a Jewish family, as a Jewish man in that context, wouldn't you wonder, well, I wonder this might be the one. Might I be God's beloved that 
it would be my betrothed? This was not to be conceived of, so Joseph is bewildered. He's also experiencing a lot of tension. You know that pain that you get in your shoulders and then it comes up like back around your neck and you're like, my eyes, I can't see. Joseph's love for God caused him tension. An angel comes to him and says, don't be afraid. Don't cast her away. And he's like, so then what do I do? (laughs) How do I move forward? In the bewilderment and in the tension, Joseph continuously seeks and cries out for God. I wonder how many of the Psalms that didn't make it into the canonical Bible that we have were variations or remixes of what Joseph must have sang out to God during the satyrs of that season. Can you imagine Friday night suppers in his Jewish household as he's like, God, please don't let anybody ask about Mary. God, please don't let anybody ask about Mary. Please let cousin so-and-so come so they can ask him why he's been drinking in the temple. (laughs) But in finding a way to move, to sit in the bewilderment and the tension. Joseph's Joseph's love caused others to seek God, not just him in order to seek Jesus, in order to accept Jesus. Because here's the thing, the way that Jewish culture worked, there were always questions about whether or not how to make the Torah work right now. So you're saying that if my cow is giving birth on the Sabbath, like I can't help my cow, but then I'm also supposed to be a good steward. So if my cow dies, so I'm going to take this to like, I'm taking this to the rabbi in the temple, like do like questions of practical everyday life. We're constantly being asked about how do I show my faithfulness in this very thing, real life right now. So by Joseph not having it all figured out, by Joseph not following the rules that would allow him to cast Mary away, anyone that knew the situation that they were in came to temple every week during this season, wondering, is Joseph gonna ask him today? Because if the rabbi says something about what Joseph can do and that it's different than what we've been doing, then maybe I can do something different. Because Joseph did not lean on his own understanding. The way that he acted caused others to seek God and to seek wisdom. Which is what leads us to a pathway that allows for Jesus to be our savior. If we're not seeking God, the pathway of Jesus makes no sense. So Joseph is scared. He's longing for a different scenario. He wishes something else were happening. He has doubts about what this means for his life. He calls into question who he knows and what he knows as sacred. 
In the Old Testament, the Proverbs say, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge God and God shall direct your path. Doubt most often comes when you lean on your own understanding, when you're searching all of your experiences and the experiences of your friends and the experiences of your friend friends and the experiences of the influencers on Instagram. Instead of trusting God. When you look at your circumstances instead of at God who rules over all circumstances, you doubt. And so as Joseph loves God through his circumstances, as Joseph looks to God, what does God do? (laughs) God loves Joseph. Okay, okay, okay. What does that look like, right? So how exactly is Joseph loved by God? We know Joseph as faithful. We tell that story. We venerate Joseph as a saint because of Joseph's faithfulness. But Joseph was only able to be faithful because God loved Joseph. And we know Joseph as faithful We know Joseph as from the line of David. We know all of these things about Joseph because God knew Joseph. God knew Joseph as beloved. God knew Joseph as powerful from this line of David. But God also knew Joseph as afraid. Hence, the angel comes and says, the angel that God sent comes and says, do not be afraid. Joseph also knew himself as afraid. And that's where this question of what would Joseph do becomes so important. Because God knew Joseph as afraid and Joseph knew himself as afraid. Mary... We know the story of Mary. We've heard the Magnificat. Mary had Elizabeth. Who did Joseph have? Mary and Elizabeth had each other. They had the midwives. They had the doulas. They had the women that would come and be with Mary in that manger. But who did Joseph have? The way Jewish community worked when he would seek advice, if they were not, if he was not following the advice that he was being given, they would merely just repeat that same wisdom. And then we also know, as the kids helped us remember, he then moves from one community to another because of the census. Who does Joseph have? How is Joseph loved by God? So God knew Joseph as beloved, as a child from the line of David, as one of his own creations that was afraid. We have known Joseph and God knew Joseph. 
But in the stories that we tell of the nativity, Joseph is the strong, silent type. It's why many of you were like, how are we going to do the six weeks of Advent on Joseph? There's like a verse. (laughs) The strong, silent type whom we only know by his occupation. That sound familiar? In this world today, the first question we ask, so what do you do? It is love that kept Joseph even in his fears because as we read in 1 John 4 and 18, love cast out all fear. Faith is something we can describe in retrospect. But when we're in the season of waiting, we often cry out, God, how do I have faith in this? God protected Joseph. Though Joseph had a plan, God has a better one. God's plan, God's desire, God's wish for Joseph was that his heart would be guarded and that he would be protected. So he sends them off. God also provides for Joseph by sending them to other places where people do not know the story, where people do not in the Jewish community know Joseph as someone eschewing the wisdom of the leaders of the temple. When Joseph, who is known to be betrothed to Mary, travels with her and meets the next community, they are received and they are hosted and then they continue on. Each step of the way, God answers the prayers of Joseph of how do I remain faithful in this season? And in doing so makes Joseph brave and worthy of veneration. Joseph loved God, and God also knew Joseph as a beloved child from the line of David. As a child of God, Joseph was afraid, and Joseph knew himself as afraid. And this is why God had to send an incarnate. Because God knew us to be afraid even as God protects and provides. Even as God does all of these things for Joseph. Joseph still doesn't know exactly how he will be known. He has no idea how this child that Mary will birth will be known. Joseph has only a story. But in each day in this season, as God loves Joseph and provides for Joseph, it is out of that that Joseph is able to protect and provide for Mary and for Jesus.
that's it, y'all. That's the thing. Our faithfulness does not come because we know how God will do the thing in the end of the story. It comes because in every day as we seek God as Joseph did and said, God, how do I do this right now? God provides. God knows that we will be afraid. God knows that we will not all answer the calls of angels. Some of them, some of us will, you know, light some sage and send them away. Some of us don't really believe in angels. We don't know what they might look like. And that's where Advent finds us all. That God knows that we need something more. And so God sends an incarnate to be with us because in this world, we don't just have to get through stuff. We have to be in stuff. We will be in doubt. We will be in fear. We will be in anxiety. We will be sitting in the questions. We will be sitting in the attacks on our integrity. We will be sitting in questions that rock our faith. Why now? Why them? Why me? As the gospel, as the church of the gospel, we will not simply pass through the sea. That's not our story. We need something more than the children of Israel had. In the darkness made by men, not the one at the creation when God gathered it up and created the universe. In the darkness that cannot be gathered divinely, in the darkness we sit in, we need love. We need the kind of love that when we love God, God fills us with the love that allows us to do the things. Joseph was able to do these things for Mary and Joseph. He was able to make Mary and Jesus feel safe enough to be a part of God's story because God loved Joseph and Joseph loved God. And in that, love made room whether it was a tiny house or a shed. We want to be venerated. We want to be like Joseph. We want to be a part of the biggest story that God has ever told. And we don't know how. Because faith sometimes is too big for us to aspire to. So how do we make room to just sit in the darkness, to sit in the season? We love God and we let God love us.